0: senses
1: tingling yeah hello. he's the host that you would have thought since the last recording would have out of guilt met my new son but has not he's slim this is your paper cake podcast Episode 220 something.
2: Welcome to the show 228 in a series of podcasts papercake.com three dear friends get together to talk about a single book, graphic novel, you name it. We'll get together and did Batman Bruce Wayne
0: Go ahead and give
2: for a grandest in and- Nightfall Volume mm-hmm. 1. Next he clap. can you clap. Next he clap? clap for the killers. Give it up for them kings. And then we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Up, letters at papercage.com. You know, there's a lot of lot of wheels in motion over here. We're talking to the people at Google to get into that Google Play Music store. Dale's on the phone. He's got two phones, like, you know, simultaneously, like it's a Zach Mars bit. Two phones, two dates.
0: Yeah, the, uh, just, you should see me in my office at work. I'm, like, huddled up in the corner talking on my private phone. I'm taking long walks, breaks, so I can get this, if I can get this deal across... Just imagine. You know, yeah. The, huge, the potential, huge. the possibility for new audiences mm, who have just, who have, so had, man, go. who have had an Android phone for years, but just haven't gotten into a podcast yet because there hasn't been a, an in house solution. Yeah.
2: You know, if we want to break down things, the ROI of this project is just unfathomable.
0: Yeah, w- many monies. I mean, I was just telling you that off the air, too. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a numbers game.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: we are Paper Keg, three hosts, three living hosts. One host uh, is dead, passed away, uh, God rest his soul. not too long ago. And uh, let's introduce the panel that you'll be listening to, hopefully. You can't see it right now. But it's almost like my LCD monitor in my office is stroking out at the (laughs) sight of Jonesy's pale skin. I've never seen anything like this before. I didn't know a screen could illuminate so high. Jonesy loves beer. You're a writer. You're a father of two. Mm. Uh, You've given up on uh, Jaw Bonesy. Welcome back to the show.
1: Yeah, uh, spontaneous health update. Uh, I got the red ring rash of death. From my uh, jawbone, oh my Z, and had mm. to get a medical cream to clear it up. So,
2: <laughs> did you wipe it all over your body? Is that why your skin <laughs> had, is so had, bright?
1: Had to tell. Discovered it. It says on the on the label may remove all pigment, but you know I figured that's <laughs> fine.
2: Do you see a connection from last week? Last week we did Meteor Man. Mm. It was one of the best episodes we've ever done. Just okay. a reminder. Bottom of the Hour, Nightfall, Volume 1, Batman, 1993. Jensie, do you see a, any connection from last week? You took a metaphorical dump on Jawbone, mm-hmm. and now you have a rash. Can you, can you explain that? Do you, do I you mean, see any connection there?
1: there's definitely some kind of Jawbone karma that was at play. Uh, perhaps it heard me talking about it from the other room, and then grew some kind of cultures and some kind of vengeance power play. So cause I, or, you know, most likely I wore that ass super tight and gave it no room to breathe. I mean, probably my own incompetence is once again the blame. Mm. But, you know, I like to think there was some kind of spirit
0: involved. Yeah. You know? Can you just picture that stinky wrist skin?
1: Mm. <laughs> All curdled.
0: Oh, my God. Jeez I think please. the medical term is
1: necrotic oh, skin. Oh you know, gosh. Oh uh,
2: gosh, that uh that voice giving the awful visions in your mind is our VP of merch. Uh which reminds me, uh we have to talk offline about that thing that you you did. When that's happening for Patreon supporters.
0: Mhm. Yeah, soon. It's uh, uh you know, I I tried to go above and beyond and and uh you know, put a nice little wrapper on it, but the nice little wrappers I bought were not large enough. So, you know, we'll just go bare bones it. I'm gonna bare back it.
2: Bare back it. Patreons, bare <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Patreon it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Patreon, Patreon supporters. Just check you're gonna be checking your mail for some bare back <laughs> inclusions, you know, in your mail, in your inbox. Sorry, I couldn't put a nice uh, wrapper around it, but when you check your inboxes you'll know what, what i'm talking about
2: that's amazing that's just the things dale thinks of in our private g chats coming up with ideas oh, on man. how best to help out our supporters
1: yeah it's a uh, disclaimer i'm not Im- involved in these private g chats yeah uh i never get the nod you know one day you'll get called up to the big leagues <laughs> to the come big out leagues. The minors yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind that I don't think Jonesy has uh, what we discussed—the uh, voting rights of Jonesy Loves
1: Beer—as com- as compared to Adinamidity. All B shares. You guys have all the voting yeah. A shares. Uh, I can only purchase B shares at a ten percent discount. If I can give an update,
2: I, sp- I you know Ad-Naminity, One of the milestones for our Patreon, she is to start her own podcast. We've crossed the threshold for that one, and she's been mum. On all details, even to her to thine own husband, myself. You know, it's hard to get details out of her. I don't even know if she's even listening to this podcast.
0: Who knows? She might have stopped.
2: She might have given up. But I was able to take her out to you a know, local haunt. Mm. I got some zingers. Oh, uh, gotta want great. that magic melt Boneless wings for those who are not up on the local vernacular. Zingers. Hmm. And we got some drinks. Got a liquored up. I was hammered. She told me all about her podcast plans.
1: Ooh. It's
2: happening. Can confirm. Can confirm one of the test recordings. Wow. Uh, they pulled a Dale underscore a slash Scotty Young in the first test recording. But that's okay. This is why we do yep. these things. Yep. Proof
0: of concept. That's yep. why you do that before you announce anything. You profess anything is happening, you do it before any of that happens because you just don't want balls to drop mid air yeah, balls he, you have a you're on a successful run, and you're only doing these things to you know drum up a little more interest in 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 the middle of the peak of a successful run, and something like that happens when one of the successful run hosts forgets to do something stupidly yeah why I did mean, you get him all riled up unnecessary? Because that host has a fat face and he can't do anything right. I and
2: mean, this is like no, the Toronto Maple to Leafs. Into it now. Toronto Maple Leafs up three games to none against the Boston Bruins two and a half years ago. They blow it in one of the biggest falls of a playoff series in history. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was. But we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> Jeez, we're we're here to talk about at amenity podcast. People are at replying her, giving her show names. It's amazing. It's off the charts.
0: It's like when right Mike, uh, the resident, the resident advisor for UCal, was trying to put a nice Thanksgiving dinner together, and uh, Zach and Kelly they couldn't get out in time, so they decided to try to help out, but they couldn't t- thaw out the turkey in time, so they ended up uh, serving Slim Jims until Jonathan Brandis showed up, Mister Belding showed up with all the Thanksgiving trimmings to help out the you know the foster kids. That Mike was gonna do a nice Thanksgiving dinner for. Yeah. You know, when you're standing at the edge of tomorrow. Today, today,
2: today, today. First thing that came to my mind, if I can be honest.
1: Batman. I feel like you uh, don't reference Mr. Testaverdi enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Terrible Testaverdi?
2: Is he the one that the history teacher where they all had the visions of him on like, you know, the photos on their desk and his face was there? <laughs> no, that was
0: that was uh I forget his name, but he's, F, 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 you're both getting an F. I remember he <laughs> sung that. <laughs> Terrible Test of was the Micro Machines guy.
2: Right, oh, right, right, yeah. right, I thought that was the same guy. Maybe, I, maybe I'm thinking, I mean, they both had mustaches, didn't they? Both of those characters? No, no, I don't. This, uh, nah,
1: we'll, we'll, we'll check the tapes on that.
0: <laughs> check the tapes, because I could be wrong.
1: <laughs> That's uh, Dale's patented, I'm I, not wrong. Oh. Yeah. A voice. It, w- like, it really I could was. be wrong,
2: or you could be a big pile of s about it. We should um, announce our next book club right now. Mm-hmm. I think we should do it early. It's going to be a big one. Just a reminder, this episode, Batman Nightfall, volume one, all 9,000 pages
0: of volume one.
2: Next week, we felt something inside of us. A few weeks ago, we talked about a book that Dale had not read yet. One of the biggies. Mm-hmm. A little book by the call... I don't know what oh, I just said. That was like eight words mixed into one. A little book by one... you called what? <laughs> a little
0: book by the name of House of M. Mm.
2: It's happening. man.
0: Long time coming, many, many would say. Mm-hmm. Long time moved up in the priority list because you know a, a friend of the show writes in, stokes the fire.
2: It's <laughs> all it takes. You could have a book that Dale tries to get on this show for 200 episodes. Criminal and uh you just have to get it in the right angle, and it could be the next book club mm-hmm. strike while the iron's hot mm. uh nightfall volume one d c comics nineteen ninety
1: three transzy where were you in nineteen
2: ninety three this book was, was coming uh, out
1: eleven years young i think uh you know was a sporadic comic reader at eleven. The only thing I really remembered going back and reading this was the Gene Paul Valley suit, like the gold and um, blue suit with the claws. Mm -hmm. And I can remember not reading this because I couldn't accept the fact that Bruce Wayne was not Batman at that age. He's not, you know, this guy isn't Batman. You know, some kind of schleppy, dumb thing, I would say, at that age, slash even minutes ago. Sure, sure. Uh, But I do remember...
0: Jean Paul wasn't Valley. this like? Is it Jean Paul? Is it Jean? Paul I need you to I pronounce have no idea. You, you have to pronounce it the the right awful way. The right Jean Paul. I guess
1: it's Jean luc So Jean Paul would be. Uh, uh, my whole life, I've been so stupid. Uh, was this a couple of years though that this went on? Because I feel like just volume one being six hundred pages, this has got to be at least seven or eight years.
2: <laughs> I think it's only it only ran comics. one year.
1: I think because it I,
2: it I jumped can't. into different Batman titles. Because Batman had like eight monthly books, so it could have been two, a two-month series, really.
1: I mean, I've never considered you a liar, but I can't believe the statement that you just made because if they're all 600 pages, you're talking about 1,800 pages worth of material <laughs> at 24 pages a month. Get like, the abacus out. Jonesy I math. Mean, Jonesy math. It's got to be like four. It's, like, it's probably still going on. This is like that part in Spaceballs where we've got the video, and we're fast-forwarding to see where What's-His-Face landed. I can't remember his name.
2: Amazing. Amazingly (laughs) putting me into the movie at that moment from that description. What's-His-Face? whos his
0: name? Dale, what were you doing? 1993. Oh, man. 1993. (sighs) He's 12, 13 years old. What is that? Grade-wise. Seventh grade?
1: So you I just got your driver's license, right? When this book I was out?
0: driving around all my friends, the cool one. Uh, no, I was, you know, sixth, seventh grade. I was, I was just getting into a middle school, changing classes for the first time. I remember, you know, maybe two or three weeks in, I was still following the printed out schedule I was handed, and Jamie Headley called me out on it. And said, you're still, you're still referencing that thing to get to your next class? Is this the Saved by the Bell episode? This is real life. This is why I have such a parallel to uh, the Bayside Tigers in my heart. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Headley totally called me out and made me feel like a punk. For you know, I was scared. I'd have I'd have nightmares of being late really? to my next class.
2: Do you remember your lock combination on your locker?
0: No, I don't remember. I do remember like sticking those those erasers in the little device. So it wouldn't close all the way and just pop that sucker open in between classes.
1: Mm, wow, that's dangerous. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. real dangerous.
0: That way, you know, Would you- if if uh, somebody was trying to steal some of my bags of weed oh, in my sixth and seventh word. grade. I'm just kidding. My gosh. I had nothing in there that was worth stealing. So He's just kidding. Nobody ever stole them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they were too embarrassed that he was still carrying around that schedule yeah. to even deal with whatever Dale had going on his Well, longer.
1: he needed it to roll his joints. He probably used it, you know, mm. stripped it as roller papers. Thickens. As the kids do. Jamie Headley.
2: Let's get into it, Jonesy. What is Batman Nightfall Volume 1?
1: We meet Bruce Wayne haggard. You know, uh, some months before he's taken on this. Jean-Paul Valley character as uh, Azrael, kind of a uh, a, I think the Jim Jones cult, but more of a kung fu version. And uh, Azrael would be like the last survivor slash assassin, kind of like a modern day Court of the Owls type organization, I'd say. Hmm. So, you know, Bruce has been uh, mentoring... Uh, Azrael and we find then you know we shift to South America and a terrible prison where the worst of the worst are locked up and in captivity a child is born you know and um, given the worst possible life imaginable That child becomes Bane. And Bane is, uh, you know, in a cell with this uh, criminal who is uh, some kind of bird cosmology. I believe his name is Bird. And uh, he tells them all about Gotham City and, you know, this punk Batman who sold this guy down the river and put him away. And, you know, Bane fixates on Batman. So he travels to Gotham. After his escape from prison. Uh, Basically. um, In another cyclical move. Where all of Batman's rogues galleries. Released and manipulated against him. uh, Bane breaks out. At the whole gang. uh, And basically. Uses them as a gamut. To exhaust Batman. Mentally. Physically. Spiritually. Just burns him out. And at that moment he strikes. And, uh, you know, as they say, breaks him. And the second, po- second half of this 600-page gargantuan <laughs> first volume is basically Bruce Wayne in a wheelchair feeling sorry for himself and uh, Jean-Paul donning the mantle of Batman and basically beating the living pulp out of every criminal in Gotham City And then it ends with Bruce rotting off into the sunset to heal himself while this maniac criminal is on the streets cleaning up Gotham City. Uh, Nightfall, Volume 1. There you have it. Can I say, before we get started, I thought the the art was very uh, reminiscent of the time, but did anyone notice the Batmobile changed... Uh, it's makeup slash. Is it a bus slash? <laughs> is it a race car? Is it a Eurovan. Seemingly, with every panel, I just thought that that was a strange choice. I I didn't notice the Batmobile,
2: but I will say that I this book has probably my all-time favorite Batman artist, which is Norm Brayfogle.
0: Oh man, oh so God. good.
2: I. That era that he had with Alan Grant, I think it was, as a writer, I wish that just went on forever. Because I think those were the first Batman books that I really started buying. Mm-hmm. When it was like the Tim Drake era when he first started and um, Shadow of the Bat started. And I think Bray Fogle drew that one where Batman was like in Arkham Asylum with mm-hmm. the inmates. Yeah. Yep. Holy smokes. Yes. His art is amazing.
1: Uh, I'll tell you speaking of tim drake it seems like in the entire bat universe tim drake is the only voice of reason to like chime in with any group of characters i feel like at any point during this book tim was like can we all just take a beat and just think about what we're about to do and zero people let tim weigh in on like i feel like at any time tim could have done the one piece of advice that could have saved batman's back Tim
0: Drake is definitely fed spoonfuls of crap <laughs> by the big bowl in this run. Constantly. Um, I mean, it looks like Batman hates Tim Drake running <laughs> in
2: this entire run.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost a shame because it's like, before we get too much into it, Preference, it's probably going to get a little Scott snyder Batman in here. <laughs> but like no, this is this is nightfall like back in 93 when you when you asked me slim like this was 93 through 2017 i mean this was like the peak of comicdom when i was obviously when we were all around the age of getting into comics around that time for the first time and there were like that's when there were like three or four comic shops just within your reach, like you you could get your mom to take you one of four. And I just remember, no matter where you were, like the one stop down the street from me, there would be a Nightfall bannered comic. At least one. There would. It's just like Nightfall. I can I can picture so many spots in my head there being a Nightfall bannered comic, and that's why it's just like crazy and I've I've never read I've only read bits and pieces of it because it's just what you would get at the time you don't I'd never really had the concept of following all the tie-ins and stuff like that or the cash availability to do that but yeah back to back to it Tim Drake definitely like I started to go on the rant that they just kind of put Tim Drake in there because there's a Robin in the Batman universe, but he totally just got no, like, respect in this I ball. feel
1: like every interaction, like, every time Tim speaks, we never see on the page, but bat- before Batman speaks, he just goes, Ah, I'm gonna go fight the Scarecrow now. Would you please let it lie? And Tim just like, well, you know, let's just have some soup. And maybe sit down for 10 minutes. And then Batman basically calls Tim Drake an a-hole.
0: And then they go out on their latest adventure. But then he's like, take a ride with me, a-hole. But wait in the car when we get there. (laughs) Yeah, why did he even bring
2: Tim Drake on any mission? He just essentially told him to just like sit in the running car while I go do this. (laughs) And I guess, now that I say that out loud, maybe it's um, Jason Todd kind of thing. Where he's like... Afraid, but why would you even make Robin anyway? So yeah, well then why train the kid in the
1: martial arts and then be like, "You stay here and don't use those martial arts."
2: And the other part where the only time I think Robin wasn't the voice of reason was when he freaked the f out. Where when Batman was in the ambulance and they took him back to the Batcave, and he's like he's in shock that Batman might never walk again. And Alfred literally has to slap him to calm him down. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my favorite scenes. But to rewind, I felt like the first issue in the, in the trade, which was the Bane Mm -hmm. um, origin story. I felt like that was one of the best origin stories I've ever read in a single issue.
1: Super dark. Uh, Made me super uncomfortable. that They were doing these things to a child. Yeah, like the way right, this the, kid, yeah, the, the way Bane was brought up maybe gave me the super heebie-jeebies. Yeah,
2: his mom or the the man that should have been in prison was dead, but he had impregnated a woman. So they put her in prison, right? And then the the child that she was going to birth was going to take the father's place in prison. Mm-hmm, right. So he was born in a prison. And man, just the way that they had set up who Bane is, why he's the way he is. I mean, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was amazing.
1: Absolutely. Right down to who he would obsess over
0: made perfect sense that it would be Batman. Right, which I never understood. But before Batman is even mentioned in this book, he starts having these kind of hallucinations or, or, or waking dreams that, you know, this bat figure is like what he has to overcome if he wants to be like 100% of who he like a- a- aspires to be. He has mm-hmm. to overcome this bat and then you know Batman is obviously mentioned later on. So it's kind of like thrown in there. He doesn't struggle with the bat an awful lot, but it makes sense in this and it's like a 64 page uh origin story which is which yeah. is awesome
2: and i even to take that bat analogy further i read it to a little deeper where he wa- he refused to let fear overcome him he spent pretty much in a his adult life in a cell like he was in solitary confinement so he had to live there and overcome the fear of pretty much everything never coming out never eating again etc and he eventually his cronies which in any other world would seem like the lamest group of zeros they show in this origin story about how they met in this prison so it all makes sense like i didn't even really care that bird was just the biggest lame-o in history
1: and but, but they that, showed why the they knew each other he any he single single-handedly overpowers overpowers robin yeah in like 15 seconds
2: and Sorry, the, oh, to finish my original thought was the reason why he came to Gotham in my view was uh, he heard from Bird that there's just this like beautiful city and, and you could have anything you want in Gotham, but it's run by Batman and he spreads his fear over the criminals. And that like set mm. a tick off mm-hmm. in Bane's head. He's like, well, that's where I must go because I must destroy this fear to have what I want. And it ended up being Batman. And of course, in his dreams, it was a bat. So I think it was like a perfect match.
0: Yeah, and Bird was far less of a dork in prison than out. (laughs) As soon as probably he got back to Gotham and Bane realized he really had an attack falcon. And he wore some sort of red vest. (laughs) Bane's probably like, what? He looked
2: like a matador (laughs) in that outfit.
0: Yeah, a, a mulleted
1: matador with a real falcon. I just I imagine like when they're both out for the first time and they go into their separate like hotel rooms to change and Bane comes out and he looks like a like jacked up luchador with like these incredible robotics and Bird walks out and he's kinda got like a half poncho with like some tassels on it and Bane is just like, Oh, I I thought you were gonna go with the other outfit. Bird's like, No, I just feel like this this really just suits me a
0: lot better. Oh, I never told you. Oh. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what was... the Well, after the Bane story, you see Batman in the first couple issues, and it looks like he has, like, 110 fever constantly. So he's yeah. off his game. And that leads to, like, the whole story of Batman's off his game and Bane yeah. comes to town. And that's, you know, why pretty much Bane wins.
1: But what was the reason why Batman was sick all the time? Did they ever say? They, they said, I think... Um Alfred says like he's just like pushed himself to the point of like physical exhaustion.
0: Which I would number one like to know if he really did in the issues leading up to Nightfall or it was just written written into Nightfall issue one, like all of a sudden he's run down because according to Nightfall, the Nightfall run, he's got Lyme's disease. Like there's nothing else that would make him so run down day in and day out as a good case of tick-bitten limes and I mean, all those wood ticks and uh, deer
1: ticks in Gotham yeah I'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah
2: wait is that what he has or do you mean you
0: just think nah, of that? he's just uh, yeah that's cause cause it's like, like
2: the way you said it i was like maybe i missed that page, that was what they said like, in the 90s according
0: to webmd now like that could be the only thing my personal and, diagnosis
2: yeah re- reading it I felt like it was the perfect storm because it's super smart. Bane comes to Gotham. They're, they're set up and he just picks at Batman. He wants to break him, but he's going to watch him for a while. And he just like sets off Arkham Asylum so that everyone is loose. And Batman has to just overwork himself even more just to take care of all these nuts and all the issues. And with like Batman on the rooftop, like near death. Cause he just solved it. With
1: like a beard.
2: Yeah, and it's really cool seeing that happen, and then even cooler just having Bane watch him from another rooftop, like, oh man, you're so effed,
1: I'm gonna destroy you. Now, what I thought was, I mean, I like the fact that each issue was basically Bane taking Batman down a notch, and it culminates in the issue where they fight in a way manner. Every time Batman... Like would throw a move that had landed in an issue previously. So, how let me explain this best way. So he like let's say he throws a kick at Bane, and it flashes back to one of these issues where he throws a kick at the Penguin and it connects. But Batman realizes as he's doing these moves, I've exhausted myself. I can't throw that kind of kick, and then Bane counters it. So, but I feel like we get, we had to sit through twelve issues of bat action to give us that incredible mm-hmm. like masterpiece
0: of panels and I, f- I feel like maybe that part stretched on far too long. I was, I was thinking the same exact thing because I don't I think it had to be done for you to feel just as exhausted as Batman because Nightfall starts like a year before Bane breaks Bruce's back, right? It's like Nightfall but Bane is in this for a page for the next 12 issues. Like it's just like com it's one shots of a one, of a rundown Batman not letting Robin do anything, but him taking down like a criminal each issue. But it's it was almost like a necessary evil for you to feel like bat feel like Batman did mentally cuz you're just like like I don't know if I would have been able to read this on a month-to-month basis, just because I, like it's it's I like the catch to, twenty-two of like the solicits having to come out, and you're building up this nightfall. But when is it going to come? Because it's like been a it's been almost a year and nothing's happened, kind of thing. If I had to sit through one more GD
1: page of the ventriloquist talking to a sock, I was gonna lose my cool.
2: How amazing though was it that the, the the sock and the dummy head speech bubbles coming from its... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if I had to, if I'll play devil's advocate for one moment and we'll reverse Scott Snyder Batman roles here, that I feel like this didn't last a a year or two. I feel like they had to be double shipping these issues because it takes place in Detective Batman. like it, yeah. And maybe Shadow of the Bat as well, I think, has a few issues. So I would feel like all right, so you have two parts that probably come out once a month. So I, you know, I don't remember how many parts are in this volume. Did,
1: a did million it, parts. Million parts. It's like chapter thirty-six by the time we're done. Volume one.
2: Maybe it was a year. Maybe it was eight, eight to ten months because there's just so many BAP titles that are coming out at this time. So I wonder what the actual publishing schedule was. We could probably easily look this up, but
1: no, I don't know. Yeah, I'd really rather well. speculate. To be honest. <laughs> sure.
2: Sure. But I, I will say to Dale's comment about having having them want you to feel it. I mean, you definitely did. By the time you're done these issues, you I mean, Bat there's like a full page or two of Batman just like crawling on a rooftop and then resting his back on a fire you know, on the brick fire uh chimney and just like exhausted.
0: Yeah, it was it was actually amazing because some of the imagery of like just sheer panic on Batman's face, like like he normally like i'm used to maybe him just not showing emotion especially in the bat suit but there would be panels of him just like completely exhausted or frustrated or had it and like he has this like total cartoony sense of panic on his face because he's just like i don't know if i can do much more of this and this is not even bane this is just him oh. trying to track down these b-listers
2: i will say i just looked up the wikipedia before anyone angrily starts an email Batman four ninety one Nightfall starts with a broken bat grouping, which I do believe is the first half. Uh, It ends with him getting his back broken. Yeah, so that starts in April, late April. Uh, I'm sorry, April, and then so that's the first part. The back break issues is in July. That's pretty quick. April to July, and then I believe the second half of the one we read is kind of the Jean Paul. Uh, portion and that that ends with batman 500 so that ended in october so this trade was april to october
0: that's pretty fast
2: i don't mean to you know prove myself no, right yeah. or
1: anything but you
2: know no, who no, knew they that, were like double shipping you never back then be, i didn't know. have
1: your own agenda for proving yourself right
2: <laughs> uh yeah but the issue where he gets his back broken i thought it was amazing i thought it was perfect I mean, yeah. he really does just destroy Batman in his own home. I mean, at the time, having a villain just show up in Wayne Manor and he's like, the idea that he wouldn't figure out that he was Bruce Wayne is laughable to him when Batman, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. wets himself. He comes out of the out of the Batcave wearing his robe looking like he just woke up and <laughs> is, like, constipated. And <laughs> Bane is there ready to destroy him. I thought it was amazing.
0: Yeah, because, you know, he's just... I like how he sees Bruce Wayne on TV. He's like, that's Batman. Like (laughs) I've studied the man, which is funny because he never really quite studied the man as much as bird studied him or maybe he watched, you know, news clips. Like he was never there in person much, but he's just like, of course that's Batman. I studied him. (laughs) Nobody else knows. Yeah. To everyone else were a bunch of idiots.
1: (laughs) yeah and he's like obviously this is the same guy
2: i i wish or maybe not wish but i feel like i didn't get enough of jean paul in the first portion of this like maybe they maybe went during the creation of this they assumed that you have been keeping up with the Mm -hmm. azrael stuff so going back and just having this in the trade form i feel like they really didn't do enough to make me give two craps about Jean Paul.
1: I will one, say Jean Paul's Azrael costume is possibly the worst costume I've ever seen on a, <laughs> a superhero. It's basically a gray bodysuit with an A on it. There
0: you go. Yeah, the um Slim what you were saying, like I wonder how much Jean Paul was featured in the bat titles before this, because in the first half of the trade, it's clear that Jean Paul is not good enough. And he's trying to make reparations for himself by doing like a thousand push ups and sit ups a day and and yeah. training in his underwear while Robin trains in a full suit. Like they're they're doing push ups. Robin's got his whole getup on, Jean Paul's got lounge pants on and no <laughs> shirt. And then all of a sudden Sleep shirt. Jean Paul. He's the only one I can think of to take care to take the mantle while my back is broken.
2: I mean, he's obviously a psychopath. How is Batman, the world's greatest detective, not reading those signs? Even Tim Drake. Absolutely. Up until the point he wore the
0: cowl. Does does, uh, Batcomputer's algorithms not kind (laughs) of like dissuade Bruce Wayne from making such a hasty decision? Clearly, he has issues that is very apparent from the first time he slips that cowl on his face.
2: I mean, him hanging out in the back cave, the back computer has to be like, alert, alert, Bruce. Jean Paul is crazy, please.
1: <laughs> and what's even more hilarious is at the climax of the book, Bruce is just
0: like, well, crime's down. Whatever you're doing, Bud is working. Yeah. The, uh, also, there's no face to face. Bat, the Batman is handing over his identity to you. There is no face-to-face ceremony making this happen, uh, Tim. I hate you, but can you tell Jean Paul that he could be Batman? <laughs> I'm going to be rolling myself over to Tim's house, which is right next door, apparently. Mansion. I thought the Ti- Drake Estate. I thought Tim Drake lived called. in an apartment during Identity Crisis. Like I thought, they must, too, have, with his dad. They must
2: have overwrote some of the tim drake storyline <laughs> you know maybe when he became a ward like he's like well we'll bring your dad onto the estate we'll get him a house oh, yeah so that we can make this happen <laughs> that was my assumption because it's the lush landscape that the, oh, the drakes yeah. it's beautiful had. they had their own butler i think too
1: that it was like a nanny like an au pair oh it was good. like making good for him lunch. mr drake i'll tell you i have never felt for another, for a fictional human being like I have for Tim Drake, because <laughs> <laughs> Bruce leaves and Jean Paul is essentially full on sociopath, and like he kicks Tim out of the Batcave and off of his own property and Tim's just like, "Well, I guess I have nowhere to go." <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Come on. Like and I did how uncomfortable I, is it for any villain while Tim Drake is trying to stop Batman mid <laughs> mid karate chop <laughs> mid murder attempt. Mid yeah, mid <laughs> two-fisted murder attempt. Batman, no, we don't do that. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Penguin, I'm sorry, he's removed your left hand. And we'll try to get right. that
1: reattached. Uh, razor gloves, right? <laughs> who, who ever thought? Right, yeah, razor gloves. With, there was a lot of death. There was a lot of violence in and this maiming, book. and mostly yeah. maiming. I will say that the best part of the the Jean Paul is Batman is when Gordon figures out it's not Bruce, and the <laughs> way he does is like Batman's like behind uh, Gordon, and they talk about a case. And then Gordon turns around and he's like, "Uh, You're still here. And John Paul's like, "Uh, Yeah, why wouldn't I be? Aren't we still in the middle of a conversation? Yeah, he's like, I was usually. He's he's like, like, I I was under the impression
0: you weren't finished talking, Jim or Commissioner.
2: (laughs) 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 And and what's amazing about that is I've seen that before in Earth One Batman, the uh, Geoff Johns run. I feel like Snyder did that when Dick Grayson was Batman, but I didn't know it was done decades earlier. I
1: That's mean,
2: it's been, probably homage it. to that moment. Yeah. The, um, the, 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 like the running mystery of Batman being back after being destroyed, I think was a really cool subplot for Gordon. And no more did I notice it for the first time than in the final one, which is Batman 500, where they have like the final battle. We're kind of skipping ahead, but, um, Batman and Bane are fighting because Batman leaves a note on like this electronic billboard saying like, quote batman and quote now or something <laughs> yeah, here or and, Batman here or something yeah and gordon when i was a kid i read this issue and gordon just makes this weird comment and when he looks at the sign he's like is batman in quotes and <laughs> yeah. uh, bullock is like yeah what, what, what does that mean and gordon's like yeah nothing but it's like Gordon starting to piece together that this isn't the original batman and you can see that in the fight, like, they're talking about Bane saying, you're not the real Batman. I broke him, but I'll break you, too. And Gordon's like, what did they say? <laughs> yeah, what did he say? Like,
0: they can't, they
2: can't <laughs> hear over the fighting and the rain. Over the rain, yeah. And Bullock's like, oh, no, he's, like, stuffing his face with a donut. <laughs> and I, and While I did, I never the scar. Yeah, and I never noticed that as a kid, that's why Gordon was so inquisitive. Because he's starting to, like, slowly... Subliminally piece together that this isn't Batman, even though it's pretty obvious that it's not. <laughs> right, and which leads me to the real reason why I loved this book, and I didn't realize it until this read was Jean Paul's Batman is the Batman that we complain about in the books, asking why Batman doesn't kill Joker. Why does he just <laughs> maim him, does just maim yes, him and not care? Exactly. John Paul is the Batman we want yep. and we strive to uh, attain in comic books. He's a he's a murderer. He's a sociopath. He let this kid fall off the ledge in order to possibly kill Scarecrow at the same exact moment. Like he would rather this hypnotic kid jump off a building than, you know, than, than take care of Scarecrow forever. And I think, uh, what's that character's name? Anarchy. He ended up, the scene was, uh, Jean-Paul is fighting Scarecrow. Scarecrow tells this kid that he hypnotized to jump off the building, thinking that Batman will save this kid and let Scarecrow escape. But that didn't happen. And Jean-Paul is like about to murder Scarecrow and let this kid die. And Anarchy's like, you're lucky I grabbed that kid. And Jean-Paul is like, that's just one life. Uh, whereas Scarecrow would kill hundreds more if I didn't take care of him right now, mm. and that was the moment I was like, oh, "This is amazing! This yeah. is the Batman we, we've been asking for, and we're getting it in Nightfall."
0: Yeah, it's at it's after all we've per, between the three of us we've questioned the motives. It's just like so much has been done to keep these awful people alive and Jean Paul is the answer to that like love <laughs> it or not he he got he could get things done so much faster mm-hmm. like
1: Gotham could be cleaned up in a weekend like maybe three day weekend <laughs> he could just have it all wrapped up
2: <laughs> one of my favorite scenes uh, was when Bane's cronies were kid were arrested and they're wondering when Bane is gonna break him out if he is so that note gets dropped in their cell, like put these on yeah. and sign the letter B, B. So They get <laughs> out and they go to Bane and Bane is wearing this like smoking jacket. He looks like Hugh Hefner, but 400 pounds and ripped. And they're like, Oh, thanks for breaking us out Bane. And he's like, what are you talking about? And yeah. Like, you didn't break us out. And he's like, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's wondering why they think he broke about. And it was Batman Jean Paul leading a trap to just get to Bane. And I thought that was so hilarious
0: the the few moments we got to witness um joker and scarecrow like buddy time where like scarecrow's mask is up and he's eating chips while joker's eating donuts and they're like planning their next move in the mayor's office <laughs> like that was some of the greatest moments cuz they were it was like them in their downtime before they started getting at each other's throats with you know what what the ultimate plan is going to be but i just love to see that and the, that those moments, like, be spent and not a single issue, but, like, drug out over a, a little while. And just to see them, like, kicking the ass and eating, like, real stuff real people do.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess it is hard to imagine Joker having a meal.
2: Yeah, what was his yeah. storyline with the exhausted Bruce it was so long ago that that issue took place it was like 5,000 pages ago but <laughs> didn't he like have a mental breakdown about Jason when he was chasing yeah. after Joker It was like think? A,
1: a waking like fever dream where he screams about Jason Todd and that's all I can remember is a panel <laughs> where like the whole page is him saying Jason I, I, love, talking about.
2: I love Jim Aparo's art in this too his his art is like a time capsule for this era of uh, Batman artwork. And he, and I loved his Bane, too. Like, his his style of drawing Bane is, like, just, just this giant brick,
0: you know, mm-hmm. tower. I thought it was great. Loved it. I wonder if the... I'm so, like, conflicted with Bane because, like, he's brilliant, but not for the selling comic book cover way that he is like he does not look the part which is funny because like he's this big brute of a man who like gets extra brutish at with an injection of venom but like it just uh, it's weird because it doesn't seem to fit like this criminal mastermind who could have easily been the size of the riddler Mm-hmm. if he if putting batman through the gauntlet of arkham asylum villains was his ultimate like was the plan to break bruce wayne's back anyway it's kind of wild how how this comic book creation ended up being like this all encompassing like criminal genius
2: yeah like he didn't need that right but i guess he did need it to get out of the prison maybe He thought that that's what he needed to to overcome everything.
0: Yeah, like to be the ultimate push or something like that. But Mm -hmm. it, it it's weird because he was so much more before he was even like experimented on in prison.
2: Reading reading this, I kind of wish that the Dark Knight Rises was you know totally different and a two part series. Like maybe the first movie ended with him getting his back broken, and then oh, there's man. a break, and then he rebuilds himself yeah. or something. Because I feel like the, his backstory was just so good, and I feel like you could have turned this into a like a, a final chapter for the movie series with this with this source
1: material. And you would think with the way they like to do part three in two movies, it would have been a bit of no brainer.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Maybe they'll do it in this new expanded Affleck universe.
2: God willing. God willing, God willing, You know, what, did we did we talk about his costume a whole lot? I don't think we did. I, I I enjoyed the the final battle, the last issue where he's wearing the costume kind of for the first time. I mean, I've read that single issue probably a hundred times
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. when I was when I was younger. But it still felt felt great reading through it. And I know it. I think it evolves over time through all the Knights and night like quest series i remember a red costume at some point yeah. maybe he, maybe that's when he becomes azrael again i don't know
0: yeah the the last issue it's like reading reading it now having read the whole run up to it because i i remember reading that but only like bits and pieces of other ones and possibly out of order who knows at the time but it was it was satisfying to read like that's probably like the most satisfying, the most un Batman like, but the but the most satisfying, like Batman handing Bane his A, and then obviously Tim Drake like being oh well if it's working I guess you know
2: <laughs> yeah I'll ignore all those <laughs> psychotic other moments yeah
0: it's just like wow you really did something here with this uh, with this brut with this brutish character that nobody else could handle maybe your methods aren't so bad after all you maniac. <laughs> and Azrael's like thanks kid and he just like flies off. <clears throat> yeah, he's still definitely a psycho. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. yeah, he's a nut. The
2: um how about Bruce just leaving town with Alfred and not communicating that to anybody in any way shape or form? For that was like a weird subplot that I guess opens up later.
0: Yeah, because where he he went down to like investigate the prison, right? Like he went down to Cuba which prison? He ended Bane's up, prison? Yeah, he ended up in the same place Bane originated from, right? Is that oh, really? Gonna...
2: I didn't know that. Well, uh, maybe that happens in the next uh, volume. Because he even pieces it together. Like, Tim Drake is kidnapped, and this doctor, potential love interest, that I think eventually heals his back.
0: Mm.
2: They're kidnapped, and Batman pieces it together from some kind of... Uh, anti-malaria drug that that was like traces of were in someone's mask and there's only like eight sections in the world that use it and they track it down to this one and they just go there on a whim to find tim drake and the woman
0: yeah yeah i think that's the um where the prison was i think it's central america or something Hmm. that the bane bane's prison i thought it was cuba but, but it could be central america or somewhere around there i think that's tied together somehow but he, but it is it is definitely weird that he just leaves yeah leaves a note yeah. like alfred leaves a note for tim drake <laughs> like you're don't worry tim we'll get him implying that something bad has happened to tim drake's dad yeah they don't, don't even worry, tell him. tim
2: drake that his dad's been yeah, kidnapped
0: they just leave a single note with three lines dash a
2: and signed a <laughs> and tim like literally lives his life for three days before they even discover the note i think
0: <laughs> yeah he's like oh dad's not here and right now thank goodness he doesn't see me coming home late <laughs> meanwhile he's he's handicapped and shoved in some uh cargo bay of an airplane
1: <laughs> i love the fact like that we get a glimpse of the tim drake's depressing life where he's in his huge house by himself literally nobody loves or values him <laughs> And the only one that validates him is this nanny who literally is just like, I get paid to be here, so I have to be here for your dumb life. Yeah, yeah, the nanny.
2: How about when uh, Alfred, uh, I think this is when he had him in the ambulance with a broken back, Batman, he like knocks on the Drake residence and almost like blows, blows it wide open and Tim Drake like freaks the F out. He's like, Alfred, what are you doing? My dad is still awake. He like <laughs> scolds <to> Alfred for <laughs> even knocking on the front door and mentioning anything related to superheroing.
0: Right. There was like some, there was a super like lame ultra, I, I don't know if I screenshotted it, but it's like Tim got home late or something and his dad was sleeping already or something. It was something so lame. I can't. Somebody needs to make a meme of exasperated Tim Drake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, his dad is out on the porch, like overlooking the woods, and he's looking at his dad. All I have to do now is figure out what excuse I'm going to use to get out of the house tonight. I can tell dad, and I'm spending the night over Ivy's house. Like, that's never stopped you before, being Robin. But now, all of a sudden, you need to get out of the house tonight, and you need an excuse? Uh huh. The lying is the only part of the job that I hate. Kid, this is a daily thing. Like, you're you're getting how about, no sleep. How about
2: getting, how about getting crapped on on a nightly basis by <laughs> yeah.
0: Batman? Is it worth how it? How does that feel? Is it worth it? So you can <laughs> ride around and sit in his car all night long? <laughs> his constantly morphing car that might be a bus?
2: Also, the uh, where he interacts with Bird, Batman is doing something in, like, a toy store or something. And he Robin does something really cool where he he's being tracked by birds Falcon and he goes up and yeah. interacts with bird before he gets his butt whooped, but he leaves a note for Batman in the car, like gone bird watching. So I guess leaving a note was normal practice for, I guess the, the Wayne family, the then. bad family. Um, but Batman just leaves. He doesn't wait for Tim at that point. <laughs> they right. meet up like the next day, like Batman just runs off. He was 30 yards away. Uh, uh-huh. Fighting bird, you couldn't see that having a them. roof?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was going <laughs> watching. You could write a book on their relationship at this point. Right. I guess it's just implied with notes that are left. It's like, that means we'll rendezvous the next day, no matter what the <laughs> note is.
1: What if the note is explicitly, I'm going to need your help in 10 minutes? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I mean, where are they getting this notepad?
2: Is that like yeah. in the back of their utility belt that we just never see? And he just peels the yeah. next sheet
1: Actually, off and it it to the, babble- po- the
0: The buckle holds a post-it note square. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile. That's why it's square shape. It's like bat paper because it was pouring that night that Robin went bird watching, <laughs> yeah. And it's like taped to the window, this piece of paper. God! What if it blows away? It's soaking wet, and it just turns into paper mache. You...
2: <laughs> I mean, he's—you think the Batcomputer could come up with some kind of
1: messaging system,
2: right? That they yeah. could utilize.
1: I mean, a or, beeper at don't, least. Don't they have
0: earpieces where they can communicate with each other like wirelessly and instantly? <laughs> yeah, I refuse to believe. Like, touch that your earpiece. I refuse to believe that they didn't have. They there was no walkie-talkie type technology in a Batman comic even before this.
2: Yeah, you're right. That is weird, the notes. They had to have had it. it Alfred Alfred even could have beeped him the walkie talkie, like Morse code. Yeah. Your dad kidnapped. (laughs) Tap, 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 tap. (laughs) Right. Talk soon. Tap, 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 tap. I mean, nothing.
0: Left
1: note. Dear Tim, stop. We've gone. (laughs) Stop. P.S. Your dad in big
0: trouble. Stop. (laughs) It's like you can just see Alfred, like, well, I want to tell him something or I don't want to alert him. Don't worry, Tim. We'll get him back. Well, that doesn't sound too too bad. <coughs> it could mean anything. Oh, and then God. what about like Nightwing showing up and he doesn't know anything about what's happened? Poor Nightwing. He's just like, how about Nightwing is just a like a cardboard cutout of a human? There's
1: like zero interaction. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I guess Bruce knows what he's doing. I'll go swing out of the panel now.
2: Yeah, that that's another just messed up relationship. Just strange. I mean, it's just dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it dysfunctional that they're normal, but it's even more dysfunctional that a raving, uh, crazy sociopath is the answer to all of Gotham's crimes. Yes.
1: in the end. Yes. I mean, th- the interaction, guys. The interaction is literally, well, why didn't Bruce ask me? Well, he said you thought he thought you were your own man now. And Dick's like, hmm, I guess I am my own man now. Well, checks out. Gotta go. See you later. Yeah, he doesn't even, does he even offer help? Nope. At that stage? He just goes back to Bloodhaven, or if yep. Bloodhaven
2: was even a thing back then?
0: Hey, Tim. Basically oh, just yeah. high
2: fives Tim. Oh, hey, Tim, how's your dad doing Dave? while
0: I'm here? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know, Dick. Uh, he, Alfred left a note.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen him in a few days. Maybe I should go look around in my home for a note. <laughs> In my home, <laughs> in my mansion next to the Wayne right. Estate.
0: <laughs> oh, there you man, have
2: it. Man. Nightfall Volume One, very enjoyable.
1: Yeah, it's really great. Oh yeah, we're ripping it, but it, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, a ton of fun to read. Can't wait to schedule the second volume sometime. Uh, oh, let's God. maybe Q one Q one twenty twenty four. Slow it
2: down. Slow it down.
0: All right, well never. You'll never get any more out of us, guys. So.
1: We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you.
2: Letters at paperkeg.com. You write us a letter. We might read it on the air.
1: Even if you explicitly tell us not to read it on the air, it will be read. (laughs) Uh, Our first letter, and let me just say these are my personal favorites. Listener lightning round Uh, from our uh, newest legacy friend of the show, at Top 5 Bananas. He writes, Splendor in the Snow. Uh, Written and drawn by Diana Thung. Uh, When an anthropomorphic puppet-making panda bear awakens an ancient beast leading to some strange events in town. It's up to him and the local rock band to solve the mystery before they get run out of the town. Odd yet charming. At Top 5 Bananas. Dale, I feel like this hit all your heart holes. Anthropomorphic, Mm -hmm. ancient
0: magic, rock and roll. Sounds like I need to check this out ASAP. Excellent. anthropomorphic next up is from uh, a friend of the show Cross the pond at our band 101 on the twitter um, subject the dark pit of parenting podcasts hey guys haven't heard my name on the podcast in a while and I wanted to remind myself that the only w- that I can get my name on the air I'm like the billboards from treehouse of horror Really glad you you guys reviewed Orkstein. I remember from episodes gone by, I'm on episode 100 now, that's the episode where Dale nailed his audio responsibilities. <laughs> when Jonesy said the only way he got books on the Google Doc was convincing Slim it was Slim's idea to put them on. Know the feeling, babe. So after the stunning revelation that Dale hadn't read House of M, what books do you feel most guilty about not reading? And what books most let you down? I haven't read Secret Invasion, although I have it on my shelf. Secretly, I felt really let down by Spawn Spawn, Volume 1. I actually have the first 50 floppies of Spawn, and I just remember it being so cool. But my god, that writing was absolute garbage. Garbage. I feel let down by it, as it was Image's flagship title for so long, and they are now at the forefront of creativity. In my mind mind thoughts? (laughs) Anyway, uh, keggers, looking forward to return to the fap. <laughs> the fap. <laughs> to the fap. I'd like a monthly one, FYI. If you need any more Patreon goals, since you're smashing the current ones, how about the Jonesy Biz Dev Hour, bib? Or, pri- oh, or a prize for the first 100 donors of a bottle of beans mucus. <laughs> <laughs> or even a podcast with all the significant others reviewing a viewer-selected Paper Keg podcast episode. Oh, boy. One of those three is a serious suggestion. Keep it real, Keggers, the show is fantastic and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the what, that what you do. And, Can you imagine our three wives, MST three King
1: and Episode of Paper K man. where they just rip into us like I make a dumb joke and my
0: wife just tells me I can't believe I married this pile of s right. like it, type of episode. Right. It would be the jokes where it would be funny to everyone but your but your own spouse. And they would just you know, make how many you times he like says
1: that dumbass around the house.
0: <laughs> it would be complete like self-esteem crushing hour. And
1: Clark, nobody wants to hear me prattle on for an hour about my opinion about the NRLA or unions or yeah the the fate of modern transportation. Absolutely nobody. <laughs> Except for me. I'll record it for myself.
2: Least of all, Jensie's own wife.
1: <coughs> oh, it's, totally. She has no desire to hear me talk about lane enhancements.
2: What books, uh, what books do you feel uh, most guilty about not reading and what books let you down?
1: Mm. There's a, the, I'd say, no, I, question. there's some great I questions. was excited for that Thor event, but I can't remember where it was, where everybody gets a hammer and then it was complete garbage. So I feel guilty that I convinced myself to read it.
2: What what event was that? I don't even remember that.
1: It was a Thor based event, which I should have known to stay away based solely on that. But all the hammers fall to Earth, and like Hulk gets a hammer, and you know another Marvel character that we know gets a hammer. You know what I am talking about right Mm -mm. now? I don't know what was it called? Ragnarok. Is that fear itself? Know. Fear itself. Oh, jeez. That's it. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, use those. Uh, I mean, we had a stretch of 100 episodes where we
2: didn't mention that that book on this podcast,
0: and now it's it's over. <laughs> Sorry, I, I lifted the ban. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the big ones that I don't that I feel guilty about not reading. I know, <laughs> like reading. I feel guilty about not reading past like volume two of Invincible. You never read past volume two of Invincible. I mean, only gets. I mean, the best issue in the series is issue fifty. Is why I'm airing it out right here under the feel guilty about not reading it. Dirty laundry. I got the real meat, not fear itself. (laughs) Wow. (sighs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Slim, you before we get a nice letter. Do you feel guilt?
2: I don't have I don't have time for guilt, unfortunately. <laughs> oh man, he's above I all that. Read guys. So many. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm above it. I just I just read so many first issues for so many podcasts, and
0: that's true. Who has the
2: time yeah, to yeah. go back to an issue? Too, I forget about. Honestly, I forget about most books that
0: I read. I tell you, it's just a
2: fact. That's just a fact of life.
0: The I tell you what, reminds me how much I feel guilty is those wonderful comicsology sales on like all the classics that I know I should read and I should buy on the cheap, but I never, I just can't justify it because I don't know when I'll have the time to read it. I have a lot, I, and I still probably have a ton in my, my books, li- my comicsology library as it is. I know I have the, like the, um, Omnibus here of the Frank Miller Daredevil. I know we read the one for the show, but there's so much more that I should be have read. Some of the old stuff, some of the groundbreaking stuff I know I should have read by now, but, you know.
2: You know what? It's um, coming out again in December. A book that I don't have any guilt about reading. Deadly Class. Okay. Coming back from hiatus.
0: Oh, that's great.
2: Tell you what, we might need to do the first two trades. Mm. Or is it three trades? Deadly class, whatever it is,
0: uh we'd have to do it, huh? You think, think about you know that I mean? you remember huh you think about that <laughs> <huh>? hmm?
1: <clears throat> our next letter, cough it up uh comes to us from dear friend of the show, uh we refer to him as Sean because we're close and friendly, like but you may know him as under an anchor. And he writes, gentlemen, this letter is a little more the flap in nature, or the fap. A lot of good uh, flap uh, fans today. Just fanning the fire of the flap flame. (laughs) Uh, But I couldn't help myself when I heard Jonesy talk about how his eldest has taken advantage of him now that his hands are full with a new baby. As a father of three, all under the age of six, oh my God, I'd like to impart to you a couple of disciplinary maneuvers that have served me well when my hands are full. Uh, For instance, when my boys start fighting in the main basket of a shopping cart, I give it a sharp turn to the left or right and back to the center again. (laughs) This motion causes their little heads to knock together like a couple of coconuts and voila, I have their attention. Perfect. Uh, Sometimes this move will get you some looks from other shoppers, but nothing says I mean business when your kids realize that you are willing to embarrass them and yourself just to make a point. Uh, This maneuver can be used on a single child inside a cart as well. Uh, Thank you for that aside. Uh, Most of the time, a stern look is enough to set the lad straight. But when that isn't enough, only a bip will do it. A bip involves several wadded up socks rolled into one that can either be swung or thrown to get their attention. You'd be surprised at how accurate you can get with a bip if your child is acting a fool and you need him to call it ASAP. Dale, I feel like you were taking handwritten notes uh, about this letter. <laughs> it's
2: just uh, BIP wrote note written 300 <laughs> times on a blank sheet of paper.
0: <laughs> yeah, like uh, in The Shining on a typewriter. Yeah. Uh, eventually, they'll realize
1: you're outnumbered. And just like the raptors in Jurassic Park, once they figure out how to open doors, it's all over. So while we anxiously await the FDA-approved ragums, we're left to find inventive ways that contain or reign in our little ones. Uh, Whether it be with a hip check, a toe pinch, a flat tire, a leg sweep, a Vulcan neck pinch, or a side tackle, order can be maintained. If all else fails, find the scotch and crawl up in a a closet. Uh, Quickly, I'd like to recommend Graphic Ink, the DC Comics art of Darwin Cook, and Killing and Dying by Adrian Tomin. Uh, Both are a collection of single issues and short stories that are worth every darn penny. I hope the holiday season treats you all well. Thanks again for the show. Uh, that's under an anchor. He writes postscript. All of our, uh, all of my children are beautiful, well-behaved kids, and rarely do I ever have to employ the aforementioned techniques, but they do work. And then there's just about 100 times uh, the word BIP copied and pasted <laughs> over and over again, so I don't know what that's all about. Uh, yeah, I guess I have to use some of my extra double pairs of socks to get some strategically placed BIPs. Mm-hmm. I've read my house. God. Medicinal sock
0: bips. Alright. I feel like Jones with Jonesy's breadth of and knowledge of socks, I mean, he would be the source to like get the socks that you need firstly. I will I'm probably gonna be hitting them up offline to get the best socks available for this. I sort mean of- you
1: would think that all the time and research that I put into socks would have no other value. Right. But here we are Here we are Yeah I'm at an impasse I'm ready to You know Maybe I should do seminars On what type of Vita socks You can use To both compress Your feet For better circulation And bip your son In the face (laughs) For being a jerk While you're holding Your infant Mm. You know
2: Paper keg Does not condone Any kind of violence Against children In any way (laughs) (laughs) Just need to say that out
0: loud Speaking of Batman Writes one Matt H.H. Well, I figured since Dark Knight 3 is coming out this week, I'd finally get around to reading Dark Knight Strikes Again. Disclaimer, The Dark Knight Returns is one of my all-time favorite comics. It was an entirely different kind of Batman story, him coming out of retirement in a postmodern future, and established a truly authentic voice for Batman. Miller's internal monologue for him was clearly one of the best takes ever. Miller one-upped himself by going from there directly into Batman Year One, which completely which completely boomeranging to reinvent the origin of Batman. It was grounded by Mazzucchelli's gritty artwork and the dual narratives of Lieutenant Jim Gordon and a young Bruce Wayne. With these comparison points, I was nervous about trying DK2. So, where did it land? The good. The artwork is stunning. Freed from any editorial constraints, Miller just goes for it, creating creating beautiful cinematic images the ink and coloring straddles lines between what was started in Dark Knight Returns but sometimes strays into the wild digital realms that reminded me of subsequent work from Brandon Peterson the costumes looks slash are amazing whether it's Batman Carrie Kelly Superman and Wonder Woman's daughter Luthor or Flash's short-sleeved legged slash legged new suit and chunky sneakers, they look great and radical. Great setting and villains, Miller postulates a world where the populace has given up their basic freedoms in exchange for lockdown security and hyper-targeted infotainment. Famous newscasters, naked newscasters, anime newscasters, etc. Sound familiar? The bad. The story is a complete rehash. Dark Knight Returns was all about Batman building an army to take on corruption and railing against Superman being a tool of the government. This just does it all over again and adds in the rest of the Justice League. It is totally one note and over the top. None of the characters have any real depth, which makes it all a little trite and boring. The big reveal of the new Joker's identity recalled in my mind Slim's one-word review of Savage Dragon way back in Paper Gag 39, and I quote, Barf. <laughs> verdict for a second i thought it was going to be poopy <laughs> verdict i'm glad i read it for its historical context and it looked freaking sweet on my ipad pro i'll probably buy dark knight 3 number one but then i am sometimes a sucker signed mad hh ps ps this morning i started a full series read on scalped any of you Jokers want to join me, since this is the series that Jason Aaron used to prep for Southern Bastards? You feel me? Question mark? Uh, Matt H, thank you for that uh, review of Dark Knight Strikes Again. I was always very curious of that because it seemed like it came out, but then it got like kind of poopyish reviews. I've never heard of any of the good, so thank you for the good. The reviews
2: for that book were not unlike how Batman treated Tim Drake Robin. Mm-hmm. Like barf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Worst he he came on the scale lower than his own sick. <laughs>
0: I love that word when it's used in that. <laughs> oh, yeah, where did that...
2: I feel like there was some kind of property where that was used. Was it a movie or a show where they used that phrasing? Yeah,
0: I want to say it was a movie, but I, I can't even remember right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, that needs to come back. It really does. I think. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. That's good it. heavens. That's it for Scout, this so week. That, are we Are we coming back for scalps? I'm just going to go ahead and say we're probably not ever. You know, for the for the for the sake of this show, I'm, I'm I mean, if, if you would have sake friendships, really, if you
0: would ever heard if you would anybody would have ever heard the uh, lost audio between Jonesy, Scotty, and I.
2: You know, hmm. oh, you talked about scalps. We did
0: at length. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I you would know, one of my. And, and and I think I might have mentioned that with the Southern Bastards, but Scalped makes me want to reread it. I, I'm definitely apprehensive because of the uh, the violence and the self hate. But I mean, I I'm, I would say I was on board for a reread but there's no way I can read that many issues of a comic right at this point.
2: No, no way,
0: no way. If I had a sweet iPad Pro, maybe you know.
2: <laughs> make some calls to your friends at the bank. Matt H H for the, is to, it. to
0: for me to uh, to re-eminate what Matt HH has said to us personally on Twitter. One of those iPad Pros make a Comicsology comic. Everyone seem like an absolute edition. Uh, but do you need the, you need a pen for
1: this new iPad? Is that what I'm hearing? No. To operate it is that a no? That is a not sure. IPad. Whoever told you that you should stop talking to that person.
0: Well, it's really what I pieced together from ads. <laughs> there are pens, I think, for the uh, the artist, artistic, for those who would use it in that sense. But it's just an iPad. Is it? But it's bigger, right? It's yeah, slightly larger.
2: It's definitely bigger. It's like if, if picture the size of your MacBook screen You oh, start pulling that around.
0: No, thank you. But I mean, just you keep that at home base. If every comic looks like an absolute edition, I mean, holy moly. That sounds (laughs) like butter. Like butter.
2: I feel like I cut out both of those lines. Holy moly, like (laughs) butter. What a show.
0: Great show. I felt so good. Um, We hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. This is obviously going to be released after. And... We hope it was a good one. Happy holidays. Here we go. Head, head first into the holiday season. We
1: yeah. treated that win column like Tim Drake. We just <laughs> busted right through it.
2: Next week, obviously, it was in relation to the letter that got read mm-hmm. Jump the Gun, House of M.
0: I think I own that in my comicsology books. Mm. hmm. We'll see everybody
2: next week. Give us an iTunes review if you're bored. Yeah? Check that thing out. See everybody next time. Tennessee. Mm.
1: So, let me ask: Is uh-uh. anyone watching this Supergirl television show that came out?
2: Negative.
0: A negative. I plan too.
1: I feel like me not watching. I have some weird guilt, like. Because I haven't watched, I don't support comic properties on TV. I just haven't had an interest. uh, I I think it was the first six-minute promo that just turned me off. It was like like a whole season preview, Mm. and I just I could and I don't like uh, what's her face. I don't like Allie McBeal, and Allie McBeal features in it pretty prominently. I just couldn't get into it. And I feel like a lot of like nerds yeah. that I'm not going out and, you know, ticker-taking it. You know what I
0: mean? Ticker-taping. Or taking. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I feel the same sort of guilty kind of stuff, but, you know, I haven't, it's not like I've made an effort on uh, Arrow or Flash either, so.
1: i tell you what was good, the first episode of Jessica Jones. Oh, was it? Okay. But it, even that, I didn't go back and watch the second one yet, so. Oof. Do you uh start at The Man in the High Castle yet? No, is it uh Amazon Prime? Is that what that's mm-hmm. on? Amazon Prime. I, I thought the book was awful, but I'm really interested to see how they made it a TV show. Is that the one where you
2: guys did for Book Jug, your um audiobook podcast? Yeah. Um where it had like a sour ending. Where yeah. there was no resistance. And some guy tried. I was 1984.
1: There really was. Oh, uh, that was 1984. But in Man in High Castle, it has one of the most, probably the strangest ending of a book I've ever read that really give, gives you no satisfaction and ties up zero loose ends of the story.
2: I read piecemeal. One of the producers said it was hard to turn in TV because the book... Ha- didn't have a resistance force. So they created one for this version.
0: Mm, okay.
1: I mean, that might actually make the story good.
2: I mean, it seems to be getting pretty good reviews. I think some people are saying it's better than Jessica Jones and Jessica Jones is getting really good reviews.
0: Yeah. The, from what I remember, the, there was the resistance force. It, there wasn't a resistance force against what had happened. There was just a resistance force against a man who wrote a book like disparaging the nazis or something i think so they were they so somebody had set out to assassinate the author of this book the man in the high castle
1: huh.
0: and in the in the uh, like in the meantime there's a sp- there's a a bomb plot spoiled like the japanese had some sort of plot to defeat the germans or ultimately defeat the Germans or vice versa. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, there was no, there was no like, yeah, there was no resistance force or something or whatever. That's it. I wonder
1: how they handle all the I Ching stuff.
0: Yeah. Because that was such a prominent
1: part of the book. I don't, how does that even translate to the screen? Matt, that's basically, there's many parts of the book where the the characters telling their own fortune and then trying to interpret what that meant. For their like daily lives, It it's very surreal part of the book. I wonder if that even makes it onto the show.
2: Did you like the book? I Can't remember.
1: Uh, I liked it all the way up until the climax. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a really a scene that or there's a moment in the book that really takes you out. And one of the prominent Japanese, I don't even know if we really call him a bad guy, but part of the Japanese government who kind of negates all this. Uh, the motives of the primary uh, protagonist. He like has a moment where he glimpses uh, through the curtain to the world as it is for us, and basically, it's a, a supernatural element in a book that is not supernatural at all. And I remember that takes that took me totally out of it. Like he's in modern day L.A. and you know he it it just for like a page he's just like in modern times and then he reverts back to the the universe that is man in high castle and you're like what was the point of that even like what it doesn't serve the story at all and i think that that one moment soured me
0: on the on
1: the book as a whole Hmm. but i think you remember the part dale
0: yeah yeah i do and i i do remember it being like what a what moment but if they just take the general concept and put that to some sort of visual medium it's gotta be amazing I would guess
1: yeah I mean, the story the premise the elevator pitches. what if the Nazis yeah. and the Japanese won and what does that world look like I mean that's that's gotta bring people to the table just to see that mm-hmm. so, I'd like to I'll probably give it a try
2: Let's see if you can uh Take time away from your Assassin's Creed, uh, <laughs> Titanfall, Wall-Lier which I, I saw you books. playing the other day on Xbox. Don't yeah. lie to me.
1: It's I was not... going to call pickle nift, but I didn't know if you guys were still into that game. You know, I could be down for some pickle nift at some point. <laughs> Post show tonight. Put your money in your mouth, <laughs> Slim. Oh my gosh, Jonesy's <laughs> living that single life over there. He... <laughs> he
2: is. I don't know how it works.
1: Guy I'm, just defies I'm totally all logic. I have no family and then my wife can be like, guys, maybe tomorrow, you know, I just, <laughs> if we can hang you know, we can do it.
2: <laughs> Dale needs a, Dale's probably chomping for Fallout 4. He doesn't have time for Fallout 4, Skyrim, whatever you got going on over there.
1: Dale, did you set aside your brand new Fallout
0: 4 and start Skyrim again? Well, here's here's what happened, all right? I had my boys down in the basement on Saturday. And they were playing GameCube. Grayson was playing GameCube. He was like playing Mario Kart or whatever. So I couldn't play Fallout if I had wanted to. So I was like tucked in back in the corner behind my computer because I got I get tired, but I I, I want to be down here with him, but I just can't do anything else. So I, I booted up Skyrim on my computer and I started playing it back there. And I'm like, this is what I miss. Like I don't need Fallout. I don't need anything i just need more skyrim like it came back to me i hadn't played since june and it just like came flooding back to me this comfort this comfort level that i hadn't felt in so long so now i'm really itching to just play skyrim at this point again amazing <laughs> wow and and pickled niff with you guys i mean it doesn't have to be titanfall maybe uh, the christmas season everybody gets battlefront star wars battlefront yeah i made the case uh to dale in a uh,
1: xbox party i said maybe the three of us are rogue squadron and we're in a bunch of x-wings and uh you know we're calling like you know dale barrel to the left and take out these tie fighters and you know maybe that's our lives now or maybe we're in a bunch of snow speeders taking out some at-at's on the uh, you know ice planet hoth Oh
2: you know? boy, my wife just for no reason probably woke up in a cold sweat from the 60 hours that I've been dropping <laughs> for that game
1: that's why it's Christmas you ask for a Christmas gift you know